Good morning, everybody, and welcome back to episode 59 of Empty Betters. I'm your host, Harrison Schultz. I'm going to toss it across the screen to my co-host, Nick Manella. How are we doing, buddy? I am doing well, man. I, uh, you know, obviously not the results I wanted uh, from multiple games this weekend, but certainly that Caps-Penguins game. I, uh, I'm not going to panic yet, though. You know, I think I'm, I'm good, and I know that there's seven more games between these teams, and the Caps have about... 53 more games left in the season so the the best is yet to come let me put it that way yeah whatever will help you sleep at night all right now we're going to toss it to producer mac vogel how are we doing i'm doing good like nick said i'd be doing better if the uh penguins were still winless but that's okay they can they can have one for pity just for you know make it a little fun for everybody and we'll we'll get you guys tomorrow on uh tuesday mm-hmm. the 19th so it'll, it'll be fun we'll yeah, yeah yeah okay fine all righty well yeah obviously we had our first uh pens caps matchup pens took it in the shootout 4-3 jake canceled a nice little cheeky backhand move so you always gotta love that um we're going to dive right into it. Lot to cover. Week one of the NHL is now wrap, almost wrapped up. I'm uh, going to toss it off to Nick to drive the bus here for the league news. Sure. Uh, before we start the news, just want to let everyone know that we do have an awesome interview this episode. We are joined by diehard Leafs fan and Canadian comedian Rick Rally. Hilarious interview. I guarantee you, hockey fans, you guys have seen this guy on Instagram. I mean, he is so funny, very Canadian, but you guys are going to get a kick out of this one. Uh, jumping into the news on this day, the day you'll be listening to this, which is... Um, The day after this actually happened, in 1958, Willie O'Ree became the first black player to compete in an NHL game. Since then, O'Ree's basically been such a huge ambassador for the game. He's done so many great things with the NHL and with the Bruins organization. And the Bruins actually announced earlier this week that they're going to retire his number 22 to the rafters. Uh, I'm not sure when the date is for that, but uh, just an overall great move by them. Should have been done a long time ago, but that's all I'll say about that. There we go. Couldn't agree more. Uh, Speaking of the Bruins, Adam McQuaid has officially announced his retirement after 10 NHL seasons and a cup win with the Bruins in 2011. He had not played since sustaining a herniated disc in his neck in 2019. So best wishes to him in retirement and uh, what a guy. Warrior. Great, great, great defenseman. Someone you want on your team. Grit, tough. God bless. Well said. Uh, Keith Yandel, uh, his Ironman streak was in jeopardy of ending at 867 games or 866 games, but he did play for the Florida Panthers the other night and bumped that up to 867. Uh, he ended up scoring his 100th career goal in that game, so uh, I guess they did something right by playing him. Clearly, sonk. I would. Yeah, well said. <laughs> That's a big song. <laughs> big song. That's a song to management and everybody. I was a little worried because I had Yandel on my fantasy team. Well, I have him on my team. And uh, when all those rumors were going around about him not being in the plans or whatever the hell the fl- or the whatever the hell the Panthers were talking about there for a couple minutes, I was like, all right, you guys are on crack. First you sign Radko <laughs> Gudis, and then you're like, like uh, yeah, Keith Yandel is just going to be like a scratch all season. But looks like they got their head out of their ass on that one. Um, also, another thing, I don't know if you fellows knew this, but when I played rec baseball when I was like 12 years old, I actually got the Cal Ripken Ironman Award because I never missed a game. Wow. There you go. So you, Keith Yandel, <laughs> basically the same person. Basically the same thing. So I can really feel for this guy. You know, I remember they were going to scratch me for one of my rec baseball games, and I ended up 
talking him out of a hit a grand slam. You know, you just put your money where your mouth is. Simple there as you that. go. Well, you know, handle. There's a lot of parallels between an Ironman streak in the NHL and Roland Park baseball, so I'll give you a lot of credit. <laughs> RPBL till the day I die, baby. Amen, brother. Uh, moving on, Toronto Maple Leafs have placed forward Jason Spezza on waivers. He apparently has cleared waivers, which is good because if he got claimed by another team, it was basically said that he wouldn't report to them. So hopefully Spezza can stay in the Leafs organization and stay up with the big club. Uh, Kirill Kaprizov, I mean, he's looking great in his first week in the National Hockey League. He has the overtime winner in his first game and assists on the overtime winner in his second game and finally gives those starving fans in Minnesota some entertaining hockey to watch, which they, which they desperately need, I would say. Kirill the thrill. That's exactly what the announcer said when he scored the goal. Uh, yeah, like we've said it a million times. There's certain teams in the league that we consider to be purgatory teams. They're just always in the middle of the pack, never getting high draft picks, never making it deep in the playoffs. The Wild are definitely one of those teams. So it's exciting for them to have a, a young superstar in the making, I would say. We'll see. But, uh, yeah, they haven't really had a, a exciting, flashy player since Marion Gabrick, like we talked about earlier. So this is good for them. Good for him. Yeah, absolutely. And then I think the craziest news to come out, you know, this was even before the season had started. It feels like it was already a month ago. Uh, but the Evander Kane situation, we definitely have to talk about this. According to The Athletic, he is nearly $27 million in debt and faces six active lawsuits, court actions, and administrative proceedings with lending agencies. Based on capfriendly.com, it's reported that Kane has made nearly $53 million in his career. However, on the filing, he listed liabilities at $26.8 million with assets of $10.2 million. The Athletic notes that sources of Kane's losses are not clear, but it does indicate that he's lost about a million and a half in the last year due to gambling. Not good. Uh, too, ma- it- too many predator buckles. I can Oof. attest. <laughs> Keep it going, and you're right up there with him. Um, in the filing, Kane said that a shortened 56-game season would make play- paying off his debts difficult, and a total of 47 creditors were listed on that filing. And though there were talks of him missing the season, he did play in both the San Jose Sharks games so far. This is just nuts. And this is not good for him at all. Yeah, there's a lot to unpack here. Um, I won't go too long on it, but uh, what comes to mind is, um, I know I was talking to Nick about it earlier, but the uh, 30 for 30 about, um, I think it's called Broke, as you mentioned, but uh, um, it's like one of the earlier ones and one of the best ones, I think, about... um, basically how unfortunately often it happens that pro athletes uh, across all major sports basically come into the league and at a very young age start making millions and they just don't know what the hell to do with all of it and before long they find themselves with a big old mountain of debt right in front of them and obviously it's not always uh like due to gambling as this one is, is i think that's a little bit more of an outlier uh situation but either way you always hate to see it um Definitely wish the best for Evander Kane, but I don't know. I don't know even where you begin to to dig yourself out of a hole like that one. You got to fluff those IRS papers and get that stimmy check. It's the only option. Got to start doing something. I mean, I would anticipate he loses all three of the properties he has. And, you know, you never want to see something like that happen. So, um, you know, hopefully uh, things get better for him moving forward. Uh, moving on to some injuries that I think are worth noting. Uh, Simeon Varlamov was hurt in warmups. He got basically a puck to the throat. 
from a uh, Cal Clutterbuck, and we're still waiting on a timeline. Um, you know, for, he, he played. Yeah, today. so he played. Yeah, so um, he should be fine, oh. I guess, if he's playing. Um, but I mean, he, he he's literally made. Uh, wait for <laughs> it. So far today, he's literally made twenty-two saves and yet to let in a goal. So there you go. Gets hit in me, the throat and then can go play a professional sport. I you know I wish I had like an ounce of the toughness of that. So uh, glad to see he's doing well. Sean Couturier is going to miss two weeks for the Flyers with a separated shoulder. That sounds horrible. Uh, goaltender Mike Smith has been placed on the long-term IR for the Oilers, which means that Koskinen's going to be shouldering uh, the brunt of that goaltending load going forward. So just keep that in mind when you're placing your bets uh, with the Oilers. Definitely double-check who's in net. And then Patrick Line is not going to play tonight, the 18th. Uh, for the Jets, I don't think they're anticipating this to be more than you know a day-to-day type deal, and maybe he only misses a game or two. So um, that wraps up injuries. I did want to touch on some rumors, and I think they're worth noting. The big one is the Pierre-Luc Dubois situation. Uh, things in Columbus right now are not good between Dubois and the organization and, well, torts, really. Uh, he's made it known that he wants to leave the organization. Uh, and if you know anything about Torts, I'm sure Torts completely understood and appreciated him voicing his opinion on that matter and didn't, you know, do anything <laughs> crazy at all. Uh, but basically he said he wants out and, you know, a bunch of people have been calling for him to be benched or, you know, they're saying, why don't you just trade him? I think this is a unique situation because Dubois is the best Islanders scored okay um we have the, we have the money line sorry okay, we, do, we do have the money line so felt, we, we, we had sorry. to stop we had to stop the rumor mill to focus on more important matters at hand sorry no you're good figured it was important but it is yeah. important okay anyway so Dubois is the most prolific offensive player on that team you know he's not he's probably not your biggest you know value you'd probably say a guy like Seth Jones is probably your most valuable player on that team you know in terms of longevity and what you're going to get out of him in the you know his career uh but so it's not like you can bench him but you know do you really want to trade a guy like this you know are they going to trade a guy like this I don't know I mean Nick Kiprios has said that his top choice is to go to Montreal and that Montreal would have to send back like Nick Suzuki plus more so I really don't know what do you guys think I'm going to reiterate Nick Suzuki what, if you're the Habs. Yeah, I was just going to say, I'm going to reiterate what Max said earlier. Just keep Nick Suzuki. He's been playing lights out. I, I personally don't think Dubois will get moved. Don't ask me why. Just don't see a deal getting done in any type of rush. He did net the game winner today against the Red Wings. So, uh, yeah, I, I just have a feeling he's going to stay still or perhaps sit still for quite a while. Well said. Uh, The other big rumor mill surrounding a player possibly being moved is from the Panthers. So apparently teams have been calling them inquiring about Alexander Barkov. This is not because the Panthers are shopping Barkov. It's just because that most teams don't expect him to re-sign there when his contract is up in about 18 months. Now, do you guys actually see the Cats moving him or is this just speculation for people to write about? I think that that first of all the Panthers just like they have got to figure out what the hell they're doing like there's just all this mess of like what are we keeping Barkov are we um you know are we benching Yandel what we fucking signed Radko Gudis to a three-year deal the Panthers are a mess and they always have been so nothing new there but 
I think whether or not Barkov gets moved is highly dependent on the team's play over the next, I'd say, two weeks. Um, you know, if they continue to perform at a decent enough level that they feel like, you know, we might be able to sneak into the playoffs. And honestly, I see no reason why uh, with the lineup they have, they might not be able to catch a playoff spot. Um, however, if they start to kind of fall behind, we all know it's a short season. There's no room for error. If you have a streak of, of two weeks where you're not winning hockey games, it might be time to abandon ship and move Barkov and try to get something big for him. Ditto. Those are my thoughts. However, I, if I were him, I think I said this earlier, small market, not a lot of pressure, no state tax, good weather. If It's just me, but I would stay. And they actually are somewhat decently competitive. And you have Quinville as a coach. So, Yeah, I think, you know, in a, in a situation like that, you, I think they have, on paper, a chance to make the playoffs. You know, they brought in some good guys. Uh, even yeah. last year and, you know, adding guys like Hannah Stroza, I think only make them deeper. So, um, you know, with the talent on that team, it's sort of like, why haven't they made a little bit more of a splash? I mean, they had Hoffman, mm-hmm. you know, they have guys like Barkov and Huberdo, and they even had Trocek for a little while. And I, I thought that was a big loss for them, but um, I definitely think that this team could sneak into the playoffs. So I, I don't really anticipate Barkov being moved and certainly not before his contract's up. Alrighty, well, that about wraps up goings on from the first, what, like five, six days of the NHL season being back. And I think it's time we go ahead and toss it off to Rick Rowley. I think you guys are absolutely going to love this one. But before we do that, I think Harrison wants to tell everyone a little bit about Brackish Life. Yeah, absolutely. So for those of you who are new here, uh, perhaps for the, specifically the Rick Rowley interview, we want to tell you about our sponsor, Brackish Life. If you're like us and grew up on the water and outdoors, then Brackish Life is perfect for you. They have a wide selection of gear from UV shirts to hoodies and hats. It's Real Bay apparel made by Real Bay people. Head to www.brackish.life today to check them out. A little salty, a little fresh, Brackish Life. Brackish Life has also teamed up with Rink to Reef Chesapeake Bay to preserve the area many of us call home. Rink to Reef repurposes broken hockey sticks into oyster restoration habitats. Brackish Life donates a portion of their proceeds to Rink to Reef to further preserve the beautiful Chesapeake Bay area. Support the great cause by checking out www.brackish.life today. Just want to say if you're new and you're big into fishing, hunting, outdoors activities, these guys have some of the best apparel in the game. Uh, they're a local, local shop down here in Maryland, so support small businesses. Uh, if you have the funds to do so, check out Brackish Life, uh, www.brackish.life. I'm going to toss it off to Rick Rally right now. Alrighty, boys. Well, uh, this should be a fun one. We are now joined by diehard Leaf fan and Canadian comedian Rick Rally. Thanks for joining us, bud. Appreciate it. Hey, what's going on, boys? Thanks for having me. We appreciate you coming on. Yeah, absolutely, man. Absolutely. You, you Caps guy, too? I was talking to the guys before. No, I am. Uh, I am. I am very much the the Caps he's, enemy. He's I'm the a, oddball. I'm, oh, I'm you're a Pens Pens guy, eh? Yeah, I'm. Yeah, big Pens guy. So. Oh, I got a lot of Pens fans on here. That's that's cool, man. Yeah, I'm in enemy territory. I'm always the one that they like to make fun of. But you know what? Someone's <laughs> got to do it. Yeah. Well, I mean, what can I say, man? When you lose to the Habs, like. Yeah, we're not, we're gonna get. We won't touch on that. Or else. Oh yes, yeah, we yeah, will. Yeah, yeah, we will. I'm, I'm getting emotional. <laughs> 
So, uh, I'm just busting chops. Man. I'm a Leafs fan, so I can't really chirp anybody, to be honest. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, look, I honestly – I like – I don't mind the Leafs. I think the media kind of, you know, maybe pours themselves out to them a little bit. but um, Strokes them a little bit, eh, boys? Yep. Yeah. yeah. Big Matthews oh, yeah. fan, though. I love oh, Matthews. Yeah. Oh, man. Everyone everyone loves fucking Poppy, man. And he is – he's a pleasure to watch, boys. He's play, how about that stash? Beautiful. Oh, beautiful. oh man, yeah. How about those calves? I mean, let's just talk about every body part he has. <laughs> I know, eh? Holy right. shit. So, uh, Rick, why don't you just start off by telling us a little bit about yourself, you know, where you grew up, how you got into hockey, and, you know, how you became a Leafs fan. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so, I'm originally from Napanee, Ontario. Do you guys know that place? Nope. Okay. No, you're well, talking to Americans. <laughs> yeah, no, no, no. Well, the reason why – like it might be on the map is because fucking Avril Lavigne's from Napanee, Ontario. Oh, so, okay. yeah, she kind of she blew it up a little bit. She used to always like talk about she was from there and stuff. So now kind of ruin it, ruin it for me. Now I gotta try and make it big. So I'll be known as uh, Napanee's pride <laughs> and joy. And um, yeah, I'd always been a hockey fan growing up. Uh, my dad was a huge Habs fan. I was kind of like fuck the Habs, and I was like really like really a, like a huge lease fan but we couldn't afford like tickets growing up and uh so we would have to like go to like sands games but i trust me i hate i absolutely despise the sands and then um so i just like yeah like i really enjoyed watching them and i wanted to go to like film school to like try to be like a sports reporter but i kind of dicked around too much in school like my marks are just just terrible so i ended up just uh becoming a stand-up comedian and uh, i moved to toronto to pursue it full time i i've been in toronto about five years been doing comedy for about seven eight years and i probably got more exposure in the last year than i did seven eight years doing comedy just because the way the internet works like you can just pump shit online and i the reason why i got into it was because i'd always be at the back of the room like at a comedy show just doing fucking hockey stats on my phone <laughs> <laughs> and then the comedian guys were just like yo like just fucking make hockey videos because I would try like talking to them about like hockey and shit. And they're just like, so I just went ahead and it was literally my second ever hockey video I made got shared up on uh, uh, Barstool Sports. And then, and then Chicklet started posting a bunch of my stuff on the Instagram. And then from there, I kind of just started uh, just pumping it on all my uh, socials and kind of managed to build uh, quite a following. I missed stand up, but I've basically done like six shows in a year because of the whole pandemic and i got a i i've done some very interesting shows man like from literally doing stand-up at like a cottage uh in in north toronto on like someone's deck while like dogs are going up and down <laughs> the stairs and i did i did stamp call me at a fucking swingers club too so that was okay that's Jesus. that's a story in itself yeah, what, was that? Yeah. what was that what, like? what's that whole experience oh man it was it was unreal like uh I started finally getting a little bit of cash for doing stand up and somebody asked me if I wanted to do a swingers club and I was like, fuck yeah, I do. And it's uh the venue's right by the old Maple Leaf Gardens where I live now. Like I live right around there. And I got invited to do this like swingers convention and I didn't know that it was like for anyone who doesn't know, like swingers, that's like a place where, you know, couples just throw their keys into a bowl and see who goes home with who. And uh the place was clothing optional. So I'm in the middle of like doing my set and then like people are just like naked and i and i was i just remember like <laughs> you know like in they tell you when you're nervous to picture everyone uh <laughs> naked oh man yeah you actually <laughs> yeah. did that 
yeah, I didn't really didn't really have to try there. Yeah. And then I at one point literally a couple started like hooking up in the middle of my set. And Must I was, have been like, a good set. <laughs> well, that's what I was gonna say, man. Originally, I was gonna try to like truck through the joke. I was like, I think you just gotta address this a little bit, right? So <laughs> we we paused, and I just I remember thinking, man, your goal in comedy is to make people laugh, but you know if they start like hooking up in the middle of your set, you know you're doing something fucking right. So wow. Yeah, probably the craziest story I I, I ever uh, had with like stand up comedy was definitely doing the and they had all sorts of shit there, man. It's like a whole like scene I wasn't even aware of. So, Jesus, this is Canada. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. In, in in Toronto, it's kind of where all the action is, man. Like we we have those kind of uh, places there. I don't know if you guys know any like swingers clubs near you, but they're a hoop, that's for sure. <laughs> I feel like the ones down here, like you don't hear about them. The people who like know about them, just like know where to go and what to do. But they're they're yeah. definitely there. Yeah, if they sponsor like, us, we'll know about them. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think it's like it's definitely like a niche, like uh, like demographic for sure. But they wanted to mix comedy and and uh, I guess like sex. So it was uh, it was an inter- they they paid me and they also gave me a membership there so I definitely checked it out a few times after that that's for sure. <laughs> there you go. Like, yeah. There you go. Like nice. personally like if I heard laughter during any sort of intercourse I would be like okay something's not going well but I'm glad it, you know I'm glad it went well for you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no I like I said for, for me I was just like oh man this is like definitely going in the fucking memoirs and use it on like a beauty podcast like this but when those things happen, I don't really get like, I just sit there and be like, okay, like I, I want to keep going with this, just see where this goes. So <laughs> it was a, it was definitely a good time, man. So the standup was just like, just great, man. And then I've kind of more so just switched to doing online stuff because of the fact that, um, you know, you can't do comedy. And if I don't have like an outlet, dude, I'm just sort of like, it's kind of like what I'm in it for the long haul. Right. So I don't like, I have, I have to like post shit and Yeah. So that's kind of that's kind of how I got into that, and I still love it. Once it once we're able to kind of like run shows more consistently, and I was actually supposed to go to the states for the first time uh, right before uh, the pandemic. I was going to go to New York and hit up some spots there. So, yeah. are you on? Are you on TikTok? Out of curiosity. Yeah, I am. Uh, it's the same as my Instagram. Just saw uh, Rick Raleigh uh, three, and I and that one is kind of like TikTok's. A, for me it's a little different i also post like probably more small town stuff on there just because the hockey demographics kind of a little hard to uh crack on there like I, yeah. I have it online because that's sort of what everyone kind of like knew me for whereas tiktok allows me to kind of be like a little more freak I, i'll just talk about like small towns like growing up and yeah so i i, I do have both but yeah i i would say instagram's more of an intimate following and like Definitely more cool people follow me on Instagram than on TikTok. Yeah, no, I, I feel that. I feel like there's definitely a different purpose for each, even though they're kind of similar. I was just curious because it feels like ever since the pandemic started out of nowhere, we've got like, you know, 19-year-olds that are more famous than <laughs> celebrities. Uh, or 14-year-olds. Or 14-year-olds. No, boys, you know, the, the, thing, the thing I say to myself is just not to be better at that shit. But trust me, when I sit there and I see like some little fucking – 18 year old shaking their ass and shit like that my buddy i this is content what i'm doing right here not like i mean i guess it's good content for like people's like uncles and shit like that but like i don't like i'm trying to like build something here but 
you take it with a grain of salt, boys. That's that's all you do, and you just you kind of just keep going. So yeah, no, trust me, I definitely thought about that before. So <laughs> to each their own, you know. There's no sense getting bitter over it. I guess makes sense. No, man. It's some people they take. Uh, you know, some rocks take a little bit longer to form and shit like that. And to be honest, man, like I prefer it that way because I'm starting to kind of like get a following now. But can you imagine like if you if you just get too big too soon and then you run out of ideas? Oh, fuck. That's like That's that rough. sucks. Right. So it's like so I'd rather kind of do like long game and shit like that. And I've kind of expanded a little bit and taken more chances, which is like a lot more than I ever did before. So you can never, there's like an old saying, you can never get fucking uh, seen too soon. Or I don't know the saying really, but it's a good one. <laughs> you're you're <laughs> like, in the ballpark. So we'll count it. I'll take your word for it. Yeah. Yeah. It's like something about persistence boys, you know? There we, go. there we go that's the that's the message behind it anyway that's all you need to know yeah for sure so i feel like doing stand-up like would be really really challenging and i would either like do well at it or like just like shit my pants while doing it so like what's your preparation for that like do you like to sort yeah. of just feed off the audience or are you like prepping for like multiple weeks for that show yeah well when i first got into stand-up it was like in if you ever try, like you'll, you'll figure out the exact same thing. It's like, you're very by the script and, 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 but then after a while you get, you get comfortable on stage and that's like finding your voice. So from there, I can't follow a script anymore. I, 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 I can't, I've, I've surpassed that level. I still bomb though, boys. Like, I'm not going to lie to you. I've had some <laughs> terrible bombs. And, and one of my first ever bombs was like me. Um, I had done really well in a competition. My first time ever doing stand just started, uh, came like third place out of like 30 comedians, opened up for uh, kind of a big uh, name comedian in Canada. And I blanked out on stage and, and it's, and that sucks, but I think you find after your first bomb, if it's like really for you, that's how you know if, if you, if you're in it for the long haul is that if you can handle that. So I went out back, just started fucking yakking in a bag and I was not doing well, <laughs> but then after a while, I just got more, I got more comfortable and, uh, yeah, I, I right before the pandemic, I was I was predominantly hosting a lot, and I I loved it. Some comedians hate it because they're like, we can't do our jokes, and sometimes crowds are like, you know, like a, a ruckus, as they say. But I I love that because then I would just kind of like chirp back, and I would just get the room like just go, like just get the room buzzing, you know. So so yeah, it's a definitely hit or hit or miss, but it's a it's a, you're, you're in it for the long haul. It's a, it's a, you know, it's a marathon, not a race. So you, you, you evolve over time. Very cool. Yeah. So like, I mean, now, like you said, you're sort of just like, you can't go by the script anymore. So like when you get up on stage, you just know basically what you're going to do that night. Like, you know, you've heard like your material and stuff like that. Yeah. Based on yeah, how the yeah. audience goes, you're like, okay, you know, that didn't land as well. Maybe I'll switch to this or that or something like that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, cool. yeah. It's like it's definitely not improv, but in the sense you have your jokes already rehearsed, like you already know. And then you might, for instance, if the audience is a little more reserved, like let's say at a corporate gig, like sometimes the people are just like real tight, right? So like they don't like like too much profanity. And I got enough fucking f bombs in my uh, <laughs> in my set. I like I said fucking f bombs. <laughs> like I was trying to like not swear, but anyway. Um, 
like I'll, I'll go like less aggressive and then maybe not like like as much but that takes like that also takes time too that's like reading the room and let me tell you sometimes when people are like eating it it's like the most in- entertaining thing to watch man because like they're just struggling out there they're sweating and then um to, to be honest i think my my fellow comedian friends love watching me bomb more than like watching me kill because it's a lot more entertaining yeah i get no, salt i get salty too boys i'm not gonna lie well when you don't get reactions oh yeah yeah, yeah. Man, i used to like you ever remember that little baseball video with that guy who grabbed the baseball he was going on that like uh water steve bartman tank? yeah like I used to have bombs like those, like where I'd kick garbage cans and shit like that. I'm like, man, there's no point like breaking your fucking toe and stuff like that, you know? Like, just <laughs> learn to chill out a little bit, you know? So I, I had to stop myself because I would have like, I'd have some Tortorella snaps like right after my, after a bomb. There we go. Johnny Torts. Yeah, what a beauty. I want to go back to your, uh, your online presence. So you're, just shy of 19,000 on uh, Instagram, but you're followed by some pretty notable names. Uh, looks yeah. like Paul Bissonnette is a big fan of yours, which is arguably the best name to have in the online world right now. Uh, yeah. How quick yeah. has this all kind of happened? Like, just out of curiosity. Yeah. Um, so it, it started off like like last year because I think it was like maybe a little more than a year ago, I, I'd gotten the what was it the whole um the barstool shout out and then chicklets started kind of like consistently posting my stuff like they went on a tariff like i think it was like in like four months they put me up there like four or five times so it really helped me get a lot of followers and then like granelli and like they started like following me and then chicklets started too and then it was kind of like you know like i felt like i they shared me enough times and i was cool but i don't think it could have like really like went anywhere else from there but it was it was still cool like it was i was really appreciated from there but I don't really like, I don't like asking people for things. I get all shy with that. And then when I started doing my hockey roast, I, I torched the Islanders and then fucking Kevin Connolly, someone tagged him and then <laughs> he chimed in. And then he, he was like, like, he followed me. He was like, man, I fucking love this shit. And then he actually asked me to roast the missing curfew boys. Um, on, yeah, on the, yeah, yeah. yeah. The second ever podcast. So that was a little intimidating because like, you know, I grew up playing, like, those child video games with, like, you know, like, Jimmy Hayes, Shane O'Brien, and, like, Scotty Upshaw, and he's like, yeah, roast them now. So, I did, and then they they all liked, and they started kind of following me. So, uh, it's cool. Like, it's cool to have, like, those people kind of, like, uh, like following you and shit, but I'm also kind of trying to build my own thing uh unless like you know obviously if if i ever got offered something that would that would change but ricky's a free agent and he's always going to keep working to try to get signed <laughs> somewhere you know whatever that might be it doesn't have to be you know those two places although that'd be fucking sick <laughs> it's a contract year baby every year's a contract yeah. year there you go yeah, ex- that's awesome yeah exactly so so at the same time too i kind of uh you know i'm kind of trying to take a little bit more chances it's funny you're popping up the uh, the number I'm probably gonna lose some followers on my newest video because I fucking <laughs> I made it just a joke about the fucking Ontario uh, lockdown thing. We shut everything down. I don't know what it's like yeah. for you guys. We're pretty so, similar where we are. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. So Baltimore, especially, like it went from being like lockdown, and then like in six months everything was normal, and then it's sort of like going back the other way now. Yeah, and it's just like it's very like at least I don't know what it's like for you guys, and I don't like talking about the COVID and 
I kind of also don't like doing that shit too much anyways, because I'm supposed, I'm trying to get like a break from, or give people a break from all that stuff. But here it's kind of a little crazy how you can go into like a fucking Starbucks, but you can't play shinny hockey. So <laughs> I just yeah. made a video saying, I think being for the boys is essential. So we'll see <laughs> okay, <laughs> if I yeah. get some, if I get some followers, or I lose some, I'm guessing the latter, but you never know. <laughs> you got to take chances. Like you said, quality, yeah, not exactly. quantity, baby. Yeah, exactly, man. It's kind of like you, you get to a point where it's like, you kind of start to know your audience a little bit. So you can kind of, yeah. um, you, you, you feel a little more comfortable taking chances, but boys, I'll tell you for all the love I get, I get a lot of fucking hate messages man like oh yeah well, that's the internet it's just exactly you can't please going, any, can't please everybody no but literally people going out of their way like dming me telling me that like you're a fucking piece of shit like your your stuff is awful and then i pulled the line i don't normally do this shit but i saw kevin Connolly use it on some way so i did too and i was just like i don't deal with people with only 600 followers and then <laughs> the guy just went off yeah, he went <laughs> off on me. He's like, imagine being 29 years old or in your late 20s still doing TikTok and Instagram videos. I'm like, actually, I'm fucking 30. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, well, I'm doing that and I don't need a regular job. So I'm, I, you know, I think I enjoy my life pretty well. Thank you. Yeah, no, I, I, I get it, boys. But at the same time, too, it's like, uh, I, I only cried in the shower like a little bit when those <laughs> lines were being said. But, but at the same time, too, boys, like I'm too far deep in this anyways, man. Like I, I used to have like, like jobs that i like work like I, I worked in a school man like most people don't believe that when i tell them yeah. <laughs> but like yeah like i mentored like youth and stuff like that and 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 all that shit but you know we kind of lost the the job the funding and stuff so i'm kind of like in it for the long haul now man it sort of pushed me into the direction yeah i was just gonna ask you once uh we wrapped up there that you know, you kind of got this brand now. And like you said, you got a following, you kind of understand who your following is, uh, who yeah. likes you. So what, what's your plan going forward to kind of keep propelling this? Well, I started a number of things this year to kind of just expand the brand a little bit. Like, um, um, like I started my own podcast too. That one, I don't, I don't really have guests on it though. It's just kind of me talking mostly because I haven't figured out how to uh, get guests on there <laughs> so i might i might ask you guys after this how to do that but yeah definitely um, what's it called yeah the the pod is one thing i've been doing i started some merch and um just like to be honest like uh i work with like some uh like companies have kind of like reached out to me and stuff and like and like pumping shit which is pretty cool but i would be lying to you if i said that you know right off the bat you make like a lot of money from this it's you mostly have to do it because you love it and then it's kind of like hey the other stuff is an added bonus so like yes i do i i have and i still continue to make money off it but it's obviously not anywhere like near where i'd want to be like i want to obviously kind of keep going and elevating so j just that man i kind of think within the next couple of years i'll probably be able to uh, hopefully like tour um, at least across Canada because I've already started doing that a little bit with uh, we have a comedy chain up here called Yuck sent me to Alberta and I know anything about Alberta but they fucking love me up there man like it's a lot of like kind of like hick redneck guys like fucking pickup trucks it's good old boys darts. yeah good old boys so 
so out west they really like me so you know maybe tour uh canada it, it sucks though because a lot of canadian comedians they have to go to the states because you guys have such a, a bigger better market than we do interesting interesting what's that no i was just saying that's interesting because i i don't i don't know i just never really would have thought of that yeah, it's it, well, it's one of those things where it's like um, I got a couple of guys that moved down to the states, and they and now and like they're all like New York. That's where you got to go for like the comedy, LA for like for like TV. But like honestly, man, the amount of people that make a sick living from Canadian comedy, you could probably count on like fucking two hands. And 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 you guys there, it's like you have the money in the industry, so people are getting like TV shows and like and all that shit. So. I don't even know if you guys know any Canadian uh, comedy shows. Do you know any? Like I'm a diehard Letterkenny fan. I, I, like, I <laughs> oh, fucking yeah. love that show. Yeah, right, it's a good right. show. Oh, yeah, yeah. And I got a lot of people who, who say that they think I kind of try to fucking rip them off. Like, Not at I, all. I, no, no. I've only watched one episode of, uh, of Letterkenny. I actually know Squirrely Dan, too. He's a, he's a comedian in Canada. But I purposely kind of like tried to avoid watching it because even when I was doing like my hockey chirps, like I never knew that that was like a thing that they did. So I try to write my own because I don't want to get like uh, influence. I'm a huge Trailer Park Boys fan. So uh, I love them too. They're like, yeah. they're the best. Like when, uh, I, you know, when we were in college, we used to just like sit around for hours, not doing anything that we were supposed to do, but just watching Trailer Park Boys. I mean, it was, yeah. it's so funny. So every once in a while you get like a Canadian show that just like kind of like just pops kind of internationally, but obviously in Canada and then and quite a bit in the States. I know Trailer Park Boys, they've been able to go to like Europe and shit like that. But to be honest, the shows that do really well, like they play into the Canadian stereotypes. Like we wouldn't have, you know, like a show like uh, I'm trying to think what's something I've been watching a lot. I've been watching kind of like Workaholics. I like I like we wouldn't have Good a show, show. like Classic yeah, we show, would have yeah. that in, in Canada. We it has to be like a Canadian stereotypical show, or it's got to be the cleanest, most fucking lame ass comedy show in Canada. Like honestly, if you saw some of them, you'd be like, "Man, this shit sucks." <laughs> yeah, PG rated, something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what that's what we're about, man. Like it's it's who we are, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Um, wanted to kind of shift gears here a little bit to your Leafs fandom. Yeah. If you want to talk a little bit about, you know, your how you grew up a Leafs fan. I think you said that your dad was a Habs fan, right? Is that what you said? Yeah, yeah. So my dad was a – he's from Montreal, and uh, I don't know. I mean, I have an okay relationship with my dad. I don't know if it was, like, some sort of, like, fuck you to him. But something clicked. I was – I started watching hockey in about uh, – I think it was 98, 99. It's when I started watching the Leafs. And I was just, like, diehard, like – like that was the Sundin era. That was like uh, Cujo, if you remember him. And yeah, yeah, yeah. Cabriolet, probably, hell yeah. Yeah, it was probably the closest we were to ever winning a Stanley Cup. Was like during those years. Because, That's when they had a uh, Gilmore too, right? Well, we got Gilmore back in. Um, like he was actually the early '90s, but we okay. got him back again in like in like 2002. He didn't play very okay. long. Yeah, but but it, boys, there was no salary cap, so they could just buy their way to a fucking you know, a playoff series. And it was like, uh, you know, watching those playoff series against the Senators, they were always like, so like hyper. We went to the Eastern Conference Finals when I watched them twice. And once we were, uh, we, we got shunned by Buffalo. And it was, 
Hoshik, he was just way too fucking much for us. But the year that we against the Carolina Hurricanes, I think that was like the year where we should have done it. Like we we took them to six games. The Hurricanes were kind of like a bit of an underdog. And I just honestly, man, like I just started worshiping uh the Leafs. Huge Sundin guy. And then the dark years happened. And that was like seven straight playoff or seven years without the playoffs. Then there was like a, a lockout year. And then finally we just started to kind of rebuild, but then we fell off the map again. And then when I moved to Toronto, I needed a job and I was like, man, uh, I want to watch the Leafs games. So I'm just going to get a job serving at Scotiabank arena. So I literally got a job hawking beers inside the stand going like, hit, just so I could watch fucking <laughs> Leafs game for free, bro. It's amazing. And like, yeah. So I work forty-one games a year. Most of these people paid like two hundred bucks to get in. I'm I'm sitting there and I purposely work like right behind the bench, so I get a nice little fucking central view of like the game. And I watch like amazing games that have happened there, including uh, the e-bug game that happened earlier this year. They're like, Rick, you're doing a great job, but you gotta stop trying to sell the opposing team beer. Like, focus <laughs> on the fans. Boys, I would like right before the anthem, I'd be like, okay, make sure you get right here, so that when the game started, I'd purposely just be right in the center, so I get the benches on each side. And it was like the atmosphere was like fucking great, man. But I'll tell you one thing, um, kind of in the one hundos at the least, we got a lot of business guys there. But every once in a while, you would get those like not just the business dudes you get people from like out of town who would just drop an arm and a leg for these tickets and they would fucking snap boys if they weren't playing well like i can only imagine oh yeah man that uh the game the e-bug game especially where it's like i i watched like eighteen thousand fans like <laughs> break down bro like it was i was laughing like i honestly the more like the worst it was getting the fact that we couldn't fucking rip on this zamboni driver <laughs> that works for our team like him and i literally get the same fucking paychecks um <laughs> i i was laughing the more it was getting worse because i was watching <laughs> people stress out and shit and i was like no man this is funny keep it going <laughs> so people were throwing shit they were like booing the team and i was like oh. lo i love it man i love it <laughs> so they should have they should have pulled you down into the goal buddy i i used to be a tiny like Straight really? Up. I was going to ask you yeah. what position he played. Yeah, it's crazy. Uh, I played for like a rep team when I first started on a reserve, like outside of Napanee called the Deserano Bulldogs. And someone who listens to my podcast put me on their fucking Wikipedia page, which is hilarious because I got buddies who got drafted in the O that don't like have any like mention about it. I'm like, okay, like whatever. But man, they called me Red Light Rally for a reason. So oh my God. that's awesome. Yeah. Boys, I was pretty fucking dust in between the pipes. I'm not going to lie. Did you, what? I, I'm blanking on the e bug goalie's name. Ayers? Ayers? Uh, David, David Ayers. Ayers. David Ayers. Did you like, know him or ever run into him like uh i'd seen him around the the rink because like he i think he worked for like the marley's directly but it's all maple leaf sports and entertainment and he like like would get tickets to the games i'd see him sometimes up in like the three hondos and then like next thing he could go to games after that not because i mean Holy if i would have seen him i, I would have dumped a fucking beer on the guy <laughs> no <laughs> no i, I would have been i would have probably shook his hand but dude they Apparently there was like rumor they were gonna make like a fucking Disney movie about him and shit. I'm like, oh my god, like the Leafs, like 
they just know how to fucking just voice like give you mad anxiety make you snap like no other man i cannot describe it <laughs> that's a hell of an experience not many people can say that that they were at that game yeah yeah no i worked some i worked some pretty good ones i mean side note like the raptors i worked when they were in the nba finals which was which was pretty cool i would see like a lot of like hockey players and former hockey players like actually at the game like i i uh i sold a bunch of beers to danny alfredson Oh, Holy sick. shit! That's so yeah, so man. Cool. awesome. <laughs> and dude, I hated him because he used to be like <laughs> a, Sen, a yeah. huge like Sens guy, right? right? And he obviously like, he mocked like Sundin one time about the whole throwing the stick thing. But he was like the nicest guy in 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 the world, and it was funny because the son was there, and he or, he kept ordering beers for his son, and I didn't know what to do because I was like, I'm a huge hockey guy, right? So I was like, I know his son, like I know he's got a, I know he's got a son that plays like junior. And like, I, but I don't know how old he is. So instead of asking his son for an ID, I just looked him up on Elite Prospect. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, oh, fuck. I'm like, this guy's underage. I'm yeah. serving an underage. <laughs> oh, my God. But like, it's I Daniel Alfredson's son. What are you going to say? No? Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I don't care. If oh, my God. Sense. Like, he's a huge beauty. So I was just like, I'm going to keep serving, like, the sauce to you and your son. Like, I don't <laughs> – I didn't even bring up the elite prospects thing, but I knew his son was underage. And every time I fucking uh, got out like a beer, we'd like shake hands. And then he just had these fucking mighty, this mighty grip. And I was like, man, this guy's a beauty. Like I used to hate him, but he's like, <laughs> he's so for the boys. Did so, he tip you well? Oh yeah. 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 He t- Dude, it was like, so I don't know what fucking beers are like. at like caps games, but we have twenty dollars like, if yeah. you're going with the big boys at like, like heidekins are like 1750 yeah, yeah like, they're like they're like bigger than like tall cans but they're like the heidekins for like 1850 like every time he was throwing me like 50 bucks okay which is like an 11 dollar tip and i was like man like i'll take it and like sure i don't know yeah like it was more like and a couple times i think he would throw like extra like bills whatever's in his like wallet and shit but he was just like so nice man and like yeah i seen like a couple other guys there like like max domi like kyle dubas like fucking huh. just like a just like a like a bunch of guys like taylor hall and like just guy you just be like yo what's up boys so <laughs> it's pretty sick <laughs> don't take this the wrong way but that might be the most canadian thing i've ever heard is instead of id and someone you look them up on elite prospects to see what birth year they are in juniors that's yeah, man. that's just insane yeah man and the other thing that was that was actually pretty jokes was this is actually has to do with the Raptors, but in my section, I had fucking your former president, Barack Obama, in my section, which was sure. nuts because I figured he would be like in like some sort of like private box to try to get away from like people and shit. So I was like, like hawking beers. And then I got like within like probably about like 10 feet away. And then he just like looked at me and I just looked and I was like, sup, bud. <laughs> Did he give you a nod back? Yeah, yeah, he just like nodded at me, and I was like, "Man, I'm not gonna say anything else because I'll probably get like fucking tased." <laughs> like, Dude, it's like when when you're around like the the U.S. president. Like, I was on a I was on a flight with Jimmy Carter one time, uh, and oh, like shit. so like you see like the president, and you're like, "Oh, whoa, holy shit!" And then like you look at the like guy who's like pretending to read his like book next to him. And then yeah. you see like the wire in his ear and then you realize the guy is like completely jacked and probably has like a Mac 10, like under his yeah. arm anyways. So, Oh yeah. No, I wasn't. 
other than sup bud there was nothing else i was gonna say to fucking obama because i was just like <laughs> dude it was kind of intimidating like when you have that much like fame and like power and like i'm just like i don't want to i don't want to fuck up like any i'm sure he's a nice guy i just didn't yeah. really know what else to say <laughs> He's, apparently he's like a really really funny guy too though so i'm sure like he like appreciated it oh yeah like i saw it. i seen some videos of him and shit like that like like uh i don't know i think he did shit with kane peel or whatever and like he's just like, he seems like a down-to-earth kind of guy so anyways that was like probably the like the biggest celeb i ever had in like my section but definitely some of the hockey boys i tied domi in my section one time Oh, yeah. awesome. He he was oh, probably yeah, pretty easy to pick out. It's like, oh, I know exactly who you are with that dome right there. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, man. I asked him, too, if he could hand the beer down to somebody else because we do it on an honor system. If someone gets a beer, like, six or seven seats in, you go, like, hey, can you pass it? So I'm just asking Domi. I'm like, yo, man, can you sauce this over? And he's just, like, <laughs> fucking staring at me. I'm like, please? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I mean, we already know he's beat the shit of a fan before, so I don't know. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Have you, have you ever met Kessel, out of curiosity? No, that was – so uh, he was already gone by the time I started uh, working there. I, just, I heard that he made some pretty big uh, friends with the hot dog guys and the, in the <laughs> concession stands, and he usually would get like – I don't know, rumor has it was like three or four, uh, or maybe like a baker dozen hot dogs before the game. But Oh, my God. He goes out there and gets two and two. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. He came back to when he won the cup with uh, Pitt. Though he came back to Toronto and he brought the cup. He brought the cup to uh, like a bar and shit. He still has like friends in in Toronto, but I don't know. We kind of I think we boo him at the at Scotiabank to be honest. Jeez. Yeah. A little bit of a rough crowd, boys. So, like, if you had to pick, like, a moment from all your time, you know, either growing up and watching the Leafs or going to the games while you're working and watching them, what's, like, the high point that you got to see mm-hmm. and what's the low? Um, oh, that's a, that's a good question. I mean, initially when you said high points about hockey, I was just going to say, like, probably shit to do with Canada because, like, if I'm picking a team that I like, it's only Canadian – like, Team Canada that's actually one shit. But – uh, for the Leafs, I would say, like, some of the bigger moments was definitely um, Sundin's big goals. Like, he had a couple of them. Um, one was in the 2004 playoffs. Now, we didn't – we only went to the second round, but we were down to Philly, and he was always, like, a big-time, like, guy that would just, like, score the big goal. So, we got he got that one to tie the game up. We ended up losing in overtime. I think Ronick uh, fucking ripped corn. But – and then – in, in 2002 against Carolina game six it was like there was a huge scramble in the net in the net and like Urbage just like on the ground and Sunday just picks it up and fucking scores and I just remember when those things happen like you were just like you lose all control and you get so happy I mean as of recently like to be honest like there hasn't really been like a Leafs mo- I watch it with like a lot more like anxiety now man so it's hard to get happy because you're afraid that it's gonna yeah. go away <laughs> but I would say the the toughest moments have definitely been again. I I thought the e-bug thing was hilarious, but I would say kind of just just like not being able to get over that hump. Like it was it's it was always frustrating because when you lose those those big game sevens against like the Bruins that they did, and then even Columbus last year, they're teams that I think that the least really compete like well against. Like Columbus on paper, there's no reason why they should have lost that series. 
felt like it was just like a matchup thing. Like Columbus, for whatever reason, just matched up really well against them. But if it had been anyone else that they drew, they would have just rolled past them. Exactly, man. And and even with like, and I know that they, they, they're well disciplined. I know they play well, but I'm, I'm not buying it. Like you have a team that's like, at least as, as long as we've had Poppy and those guys, man, we've been favorites to go really deep. And it's like, then you go to those big game sevens and they're always in fucking Boston and then and then we lose them in the next day. It's just like you're just sitting there being like, okay, I've sort of lost interest in the playoffs a little bit. Like it's now we gotta wait and another like four or five months until hockey's back. And those just really suck. Like I noticed it last year. I thought fans kind of I, I think they pulled back a little bit because I really do think that when they got to Varus, everyone was thinking like, hey, like we're now going to the Stanley Cup finals. And it's like you can't even get past the first round. Like it's it, it gets frustrating for sure. So I would say that those are kind of like the, the low moments. But, hey, man, like even – like look at the fucking Bills fans, right? Like I know it's football, but look how long they had to wait. And some things just take like a really long time in order for you to, you know, start seeing results and all the adversity and shit. So I don't know. Hopefully they got to wait longer. You're talking to guys in Baltimore. Took the words <laughs> yeah. right out of my mouth. <laughs> oh, yeah, big game. Big, big game, game tomorrow. Big. And I heard there's a lot of snow in the forecast, so got to love a oh, snow game. Uh, <laughs> yeah. You don't know how to handle that shit, eh? Fucking Buffalo is like the closest city, I think, probably to Canada. So it's like yeah. they, they're prepared for sure. What's, uh, what's your prediction this year for the Leafs? What are you thinking? Um, well, uh, now it's kind of me listening to like other guys like for instance i i follow a lot like the missing curfew pod to be honest like i, I really like especially because like you know those boys gave me some love but i i've been listening to kind of what they've been saying i'd have to agree that it's very wide the canadian division is very wide open this year yeah. um it's not really a lot of teams with like like disciplined teams right like the oilers they can beat you seven to six the leafs can beat you seven to six um vancouver kind of like that too even though they got quinn hughes but it's not really a disciplined d so i expect the leafs to to come out of that canadian division i just do like if they are on paper the best team um but i don't know because i i found out that the stanley cup finals could be like two east teams against each other and it's weird this year is just weird Yeah. yeah so i don't i don't really know like Anything could happen once it's the final four. All I can say is that that's what we had to do as Canadians. <laughs> we'd be yeah. like, we'd be like all Canadian division to make sure we get a spot in the final four. <laughs> give us, give us at least way. four in the playoffs. Four in the playoffs. <laughs> yeah, that's that's so. So I don't know. Like I mean, so we're automatically guaranteed a final four series. So I would say it's it's Toronto series to or Toronto's division to win. But um, I just don't see it with like with like Edmonton, like they kind of dog it a lot. And like, I don't know, maybe Montreal is okay, but I would say they're pesky. They are. They are. I think I, I fucking hate the Habs, but I think Bergevin made some, made some really like uh good moves. So I think, yeah, I would, I would just say Toronto naturally should be able to come out of that division, like no problem. But then, you know, your guess is as good as mine. Once you get like, who knows, probably like Colorado, that central or yeah. that Tampa division is, fucked like it's so shit <laughs> it's weird too it's just like half the teams are like they're so spread out and it's like so top yeah. heavy you know what you know what it, it seems like it seems like that central division was just like a blended 
division. They're just like, okay, we're going to take the kitchen sink. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, That's literally what we said. (laughs) Yeah. that No one really gives a fuck about, I mean, I guess the lightning are like, are like wagons, but we'll put, we'll put Tampa and Dallas there because they were in the Stanley Cup finals. After that, we don't give a fuck who's in that division. So my guess would be, you know, you're looking at possibly Colorado, Tampa. I'm hoping fucking the Leafs. But, I mean, it could also be Vegas or St. Louis in that West. Like, that top three is just heavy. Um, and then the East is kind of also wide open, so you don't know. Like, I don't know. What do you boys think? Dude, like, you talk about watching the Leafs with anxiety. This division is keeping us up at night. Yeah. <laughs> the Pens are fucked. It's We're brutal. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean, that's that's it, man. Like, a lot of people are, like, kind of pro- projecting the Pens to be on the outside looking in, and that's – Nuts to say that when you have a generational talent like Sid and Gino, and then you're like, I mean, they're only 30, like what, like 33, like they're not like 33 and 34. But the league is just like so competitive now in that division. Like I feel bad for the Sabres, man. I honestly do because (laughs) yeah. They, they like potential. They like if they had stayed in the Atlantic, I could see them making the playoffs. And now they're like, yeah. they're like really like you're gonna fucking throw us in with the basically <laughs> every year, every yeah. good team from the metro. Yeah, dude, that's a that that was a fucking prank, man. To scare them. <laughs> <laughs> Straight up, man. Like, all right, let's get you another fucking ten years without the playoffs, boys. <laughs> but apparently. It'll just be like that for this year, I think. I, I would assume yeah. it's going to go back. I don't know. It depends what the whole fucking, I don't know, what is it, vaccine situation looks like, I guess. Yeah, we'll yeah see I mean, I would assume that whenever this is all closer to being over and, and we can have fans back and, and all that, we can probably go back to the normal divisions. I, I think this is probably just temporary, but we'll see. It's tough to tell a team like Buffalo, just like, yeah, be patient for another yeah. year or two. I mean – Oh man, and and every time that happens too, it's like you always feel bad for like some of the star players. So like I kind of feel like Eichel sort of had it up to his fucking tits with like excuses about like, <laughs> all right, next year, boys, next year, and he's probably just sitting there be like, get me the fuck out of here right yeah. now. It's cold. There's it. nothing to do, and I have yeah. no one to help me. <laughs> yeah. I know, man. I know. I feel for the kid, but you know, I you never know, right, man? It could be some fucking upsets this year. Gotta ask, do you, do you at all sports bet or not really? Um, dude, I did it once and I lost like four hundred dollars. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus, I was yeah. like, you know what, boys, I'm just gonna try to take it easy. Like, I used to do a little bit of uh, like pro line, but I was just throw, I would I would just throw heavy bets, and then because I was so confident, I would lose them. So I kind of it's a slippery slope for me, man. I got a bit of an addictive personality. I used to hack mad darts, so. If I gamble once, I, the fucking yeah. floodgates open. Yeah. Oh, then maybe maybe you shouldn't listen to our weekly picks. Ours <laughs> is like a little bit of the opposite. Like I won $10 the first time and I'm like, oh, I'm hooked. Here we go. Let's ride. Oh, yeah. Once you win, eh? that's, yeah. that's how they get you. I'll listen to your boys' picks for sure. I just I, – I might have to try to like – do like i don't know get a little pot for myself like maybe fucking 20 bucks like <laughs> that's it man so you just gotta I, make it so you're spending the same like 50 bucks losing it winning it back losing yeah. it winning it back nothing the name of the game. just for the fun of it <laughs> exactly man i get way too like in, invested in that shit i just feel like but i mean I, I respect it like there's some people who just like absolutely kill it. they got an eye for like 
you know, things like that. But I'd rather just do fantasy, man, because I'm really into like trading players and shit like that and all that. So yeah. Hell yeah. Do you have a fantasy team this year? Uh, I have a couple actually. I, I was kind of like, man, because uh, I lost a couple of my gigs with COVID, obviously, um, the the school gig I worked at in Scotiabank Arena, so I got a little bit more time on my on my hands. So um, a bunch of like people online just asked me to join their hockey pool, so I just did. So for every fucking hockey pool I'm in, uh, my team name's your mom's a ho. <laughs> <laughs> And I have Sebastian Aho on every single one of the teams. So it's kind of like <laughs> a joke, but they're, they're like, I mean, he's a good player. It's not like it's like too yeah. much of a joke, but so I just put like, I, I just do like $25 ones. I don't, I like too much. So yeah, I'm in like three or four hockey pools. And I don't even know the people really that well, but I just like, just for fun. So it's also like, that's the backbone of like a great fantasy hockey team though. Is like you, you have to have a killer name. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, I was gonna go with uh, uh, Bear Backstroms, and uh, <laughs> I came up with that last year. I was actually really impressed with myself. I mean, <laughs> that's a good one. Them, yeah, some of them you hear like from other people, so you don't know if like whatever. I, Sebastian, or the, sorry, your mom's a was given to me. I'm not gonna lie. Somebody told me they're like, and I was like, man, that's just fucking unreal. But that's gold. Uh, yeah, that's that, that, that's gold. Another one that's like really sick is uh, no regretskis. I I didn't get that one though. So, that's amazing. Yeah, so I'd probably I'd probably do that uh, maybe next year. But it, yeah, you gotta have you gotta have a good team, boys. Uh, good team name, and uh, that's it, man. I think the one I'm in last night, I drafted it was through like ESPN. Like, dude, I got the first pick, so naturally I went with Mick Jesus, and I got. Crosby on the team so I'm like how do you Ooh. fucking miss on that one yeah you can't lose yeah exactly man so it's pretty sick he looks pretty good the other night McJesus you know just a casual three and you know what two periods <laughs> oh man he's just like I mean he's from right from uh uh Toronto uh like right around the area and stuff I know people who's, who's seen him like grow up and apparently he was just like in a league of his of his own like he wasn't like he was always playing with like people like uh, two years older and he was like schooling them on the ice. And it's just like, he really is. I, I know generational gets thrown around, but it's like Crosby. And then I, in my mind, it's, it's Mick Jesus is like the next one. I mean, McKinnon's close. I'm not going to lie. Like McKinnon's just sick, but he's just like, I really do think he's going to go down as being like, maybe like one of the top five best players to ever play the game. Talent-wise, I think for sure, I think it's a no-brainer. We talked earlier this year mm-hmm. about, like, I think, like, um, the Hockey News Magazine ranked McKinnon ahead of him um, yeah. in, like, their, like, top 50 players. And it's definitely getting closer. But I think when you look at, like, talent-wise, it's it, it looks like a video game character. Like, I think we would yeah. compare that to, like, when Lamar Jackson's running the football for the Ravens. Yeah. Like, it's, it's someone who's using a cheat code or something. He's just so Absolutely. far ahead. Yeah, well – the thing is, and, and I think that just shows how much talent there is in the league now, because I've also heard people say, like, Dreisaitl might, like, win the heart over McJesus. And you're like, yes, I, I, I get it. Like, you know, like, but I, I just think he's, like, I, I'm telling you, I, I watched him at Scotiabank Arena. Like, I watched him, like, up close and personal. He just, he's just way ahead of, like, every, everybody else. So, um, I think, too, that if you put him on a team that was, like, 
you know, capable of like going a little bit further than fucking the dusty Oilers. He would have already had like a couple cups under under his belt right now. But you know, what do you do? <laughs> yeah, hopefully they'll they'll get it together for him, or maybe he'll just leave. Honestly, that way I could actually stay up and watch the East Coast time games. <laughs> yeah, no, that would be, that would be sick, man. I mean, when uh, you know, when Johnny G came here, it was huge, man. Everyone was like, um was like, oh, man, like, you know, he's one of – because he – most people don't know this, but in, in junior, like, he was breaking Gretzky's record. But I just don't think Johnny T ever turned into the guy that, like, he was in junior. Mm-hmm. But, um, but I mean, it was such a big deal then. But who knows, man? Maybe fucking make Jesus will come home, baby. <laughs> Dude, world juniors Johnny T, like, lived rent-free in my head. I was, oh, like yeah. – I was in, like, middle school, high school. I was, like, on my knees in front of the TV, like, pulling my hair out. It was hmm. – it was bad. Oh yeah, I mean he he was like he was sick, but I just think it's kind of like I think the problem. This is what I would say. I mean, you boys didn't exactly ask me this, but I'll t- I'll dissect the buds. Is that they kind of got a little bit of a reputation of like you know getting getting the big tickets, eh? Like handed to you, and it's like they just get worshipped. You know what I mean? Like we've seen Austin Austin Matthews, you know, like fucking. You know, hangs out with Beaver. He's got fucking Quadzilla going, posting <laughs> photos of those set of his sexy ass and shit like that. And girls just fucking, just. But it's just like you come to Toronto, you're worshipped like that. You you don't have that extra fucking push. That's just my opinion. Is that they don't? I I don't think that they that they've had enough adversity. They 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 know how to push each other. And I think that's what happened with Johnny T. Everyone just got handed this money and that's why <laughs> that's why they're not gonna fucking i mean hopefully jumbo joe and those vets can push them a little bit but i don't know boy do you, do you guys see that in toronto like i'm actually curious what people in the states think about the leaves that's an interesting take like an interesting uh, kind of explanation i've never really thought of it that way before but I, like as you talk about it i could totally see that being a bit of an issue for the squad I feel like for us, we've made the comparison a couple times to the Leafs being like the New York Yankees Yankees in the sense that they can like buy up um, all this talent or in more recent light, the Dallas Cowboys in the sense that they call it America's team and everyone worships them and they get these primetime games all the time, but then they tend to sort of underperform, I think is a good comparison. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that's, and that's just it, right? It's like, um, we have something I don't even do you guys know about TSN? I don't Yeah, yeah. Okay. If you follow hockey close Sorry, enough, mean, yeah. yeah. Okay, okay. I I figured it. I didn't mean to go fucking full force gump with that question. But <laughs> um but it's people call it like Toronto Sports Network because everyone in Canada, like it makes everyone hate Toronto more because of the fact that those guys, those panelists are always pumping the leaves. Like they're always um talking about what they're up to. No, like they don't really talk about the Montreal Canadiens or like the, no one cares about the Sens, bro. Like nobody <laughs> cares about the Sens. They're in buttfuck Canada. So when you add that all together, and then on top of that too, it's like our fans are known as being very big, loudmouths and very cocky. And yeah, I just think it rubs off on the players a little bit too. I think they just they know that they're gonna get pumped, so they can kind of just like dog it a little bit, like, and, and, you know, still get, still get worship. Yeah, we, we get that. And it, it makes sense. I, I, the, the second you said that, I thought exactly what Nick said, Yankees, Cowboys, kind of that similarity. So. Yeah. 
I would say the Leafs are definitely like that for sure. So when you say like, like you talk about the Sens, like they're like outside of Ottawa. They're not like in the city. Like the Caps for us used to be, they used to play in Landover, Maryland, which is where the Washington football team plays now. And then they moved into um, Chinatown in DC. And that's sort of when everything exploded. Is that something you think like the Sens need to do in order to, like, I don't know, like fill their arena. Cause I feel like they've had a huge problem doing that for like the last yeah. couple years. Oh yeah. I mean, they were in the Eastern conference finals against the pens a few years ago. They couldn't even fill, fill their fucking barn up. Like that's ridiculous. Um, well, first off their owners, like notoriously known for being like a huge chiefs game. I lived in Ottawa for five years. So, um, I would go to like, a, like Sands games, but mostly just to like, literally one time I went to a Washington and Ottawa game and I went there with the Leafs jersey on, was like screaming, like, go Leafs, go. <laughs> and then my buddy fucking pushed me. I fell on top of like a dad and his little kid. And they just kicked us out of uh, Scotiabank Arena. And <laughs> the, oh, but, but here's the thing. I probably should not have started with that. That's the end. But before that, they were warning us because we were swearing. And I was like, this is the only NHL team that would actually get pissed off at you for fucking swearing at a, at a game, right? But yeah, uh, yeah they got it. So we would, if you would, yeah, very soft. So if you take a rip out to Canada, so that's where it is. It's about thirty or forty uh, uh, clicks outside of um, Ottawa. So basically, like about half a pack of darts and uh, <laughs> and like a bunch of like beers, man. So you take like the the bus out there. It was just so long to get out there and then to trek back it would be like an hour and a half each way and you're like i don't like this isn't even really worth it for me so i would assume that um if they built like an arena downtown like you know the capitals did and and stuff they would be able to get more uh fans out to their games because it's just it's just very hard like even the patriots i know they in Fox, but you know they play one week right when you're playing three or four games um a week and you got to do an hour commute out to buttfuck canada like no one wants to do that so is it like i know it's like 30 or 40 minutes out there like i'm probably like 30 or 40 minutes on the dc metro away from uh cap one arena is it like hard to get to like they don't have like a like a train or something you could take like you said bus so no just just an express bus that's what okay I mean. wow so like yeah, so me, like, in university, if we get tickets, there's one time where I got, and this is, like, when they were kind of, like, desperate for, to get fans into the bar, and I got three tickets, me, my brother, and my other buddy for $18, and I said to my buddy, I was like, hey, you owe me a beer, He's like, no, man, the, the beers are fucking 10 bucks, it's not a fair deal, so, like, when your beers are more expensive than your, than your tickets, right, and it's like, um, yeah, it just it's not easy access. I, I don't imagine the players who go out there, like I've listened to like hockey podcasts, right? When people go to like cities like, you know, like LA and stuff, there's lots of things to do, like Florida. They, what are you going to do in Canada? Like, it's like, they have like, I don't know, like I, I think they got like a Krabby Joe's and like, uh, <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. like an Arby's and shit, bro. Like there's not, That's what, it. Are you, what are you going to do out in Canada, man? It's just, yeah. I, I just think it's a terrible setup, but the owner doesn't want to do anything, man. So I don't know. Yeah. Well, we appreciate, you know, we appreciate the insight. Um, 
Nick, Mac, do you guys have any more questions before we wrap up? I was curious what you thought. So obviously the Leafs have made some off-season acquisitions. Yeah. You bring in guys like Simmons, uh, Jumbo, and Jimmy Vesey. Yeah. Which one of those do you think, and then like guys like TJ Brody too, which one of those do you think is going to impact the Leafs the most this year? Oh, that's a good question. Well, I think originally everyone would have said uh, Brody just because of the fact that we needed D fucking more than Cheryl Friday night at the Legion Hall. But uh, <laughs> I, I think um, Thornton and Simmons were just kind of good character uh, pickups. They say the terms like, like glue guys, you know what I mean? So obviously Thornton isn't where he used to be, but that's okay because, you know, he can kind of go in there and uh, – I don't know, maybe make sure like Marner is playing so much like Call of Duty or whatever. I don't know like what the what the role was, but I do know that like for instance, the other night we're down three to one and then Simmons drops the gloves and then we end up making a comeback and we tie the game at three and then we eventually go down four three, we tie it back up. It was a roller coaster game, but that's what we were missing before, is that when you go down in those like you know, two goal, three goal games, the game's starting to slip away a little bit. You need a guy who just drops him and it's like, all right, let's get the boys back in here. So I think those, those moves are really going to help like getting like the, the, the grit, but I don't know. I mean, a seven game series, there's, there's a lot of teams that have like just a team full of warriors. Like look at St. Louis, look at like Tampa. So in our division, it's great, but once you get to the playoffs, it's a whole different beast. Yeah, absolutely. Like you yeah. said earlier, that, that division is up for grabs. So Absolutely, yeah. To your like, what's your like optimistic result for the Leafs this year? You know, what's your, what's your prediction? Stanley Cup, baby. There you go. <laughs> no, I, I mean, I would, love, I would love to say that. I don't, know if it gets, I don't know if it gets done, to be honest. I could see – well, I can see us being the team in the final four. And from there, boys, I don't want to jinx anything else, man. Let's just say it's anyone's uh, opportunity once there's four teams left. So final four, though, is what I'm predicting, at least. All righty. Well, uh, yeah. thanks again, man. We really appreciate this. Uh, you know, anytime you want to jump on again, feel free to let us know. And uh, we'll definitely have to do this again sometime. Yeah, absolutely, boys. I'll take a look at those uh, at those like gambling predictions and shit like that. And as as long as I kind of uh, take care of myself, I, uh, I I go easy a little bit. We don't want Savage Ricky coming out for those uh, bets. But I'll definitely have a look, man. And I really appreciate you, boys, uh, for having me on. Thanks a lot, Rick. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Fun. Thank you. Yeah, boys. Good luck. Uh, good luck this season with all your teams, eh, pal? Thank you. Appreciate Thanks. it. Fuck yeah. Big thanks to Rick for joining us. I mean, what else can you say? The guy's an absolute beauty and just fucking hysterical. So um, <laughs> his story about like, you know, looking up Daniel Alfredson's kid on Elite Prospects to see if he was old enough to keep drinking beer. Hall is, of Fame. It's just Hall of Fame. So um, yeah, just huge thanks to him. And I uh, hope you guys enjoyed that one. Uh, let's go ahead and get into our picks for this week. Uh, this is... It's nice to finally be doing these again. You know, you know, it's hundred percent. Yeah. Like, you know, nature is restoring itself when we come back to doing these kinds of things. So uh, Harry, why don't you get us going? Who, what are your three picks for this week? Alrighty. So uh, we're going to do the puck line for Islanders on Thursday night against the devils. 
I think the Islanders, they're playing well against the Bruins right now. Fingers crossed, knock on wood. They keep the 1-0 lead, win a little bit of money, cha-ching, cha-ching. Uh, I expect them to keep that momentum going into uh, the game against the Devils on Thursday. Devils look good against the Bruins, but I think the Islanders are the clear-cut better team. Money line, hear me out. This is going to sound kind of wild, but after watching their game against Columbus today, and they've had a good couple games to start the year, I'm going to take the Red Wings over the Blackhawks on Friday night in Chicago. I think the price will be decent, especially since the game is in Chicago, so you'll get Red Wings at a little bit of a better premium. Uh, and they've just been playing stingy. They, they, if Thomas Grice is in, I definitely have a little more faith. Uh, and considering the Blackhawks still don't have Taves or uh, Kirby Doc, I think that's going to play well for the Wings. And the Blackhawks kind of look like shit. Uh, granted, they had two games against the Lightning, but still. Uh, and then the over-under, I'm going to take the Oilers-Maple Leafs over on Friday. They also play each other on Wednesday. Take them both. Have a, have a day. I don't know. Well That's said. Thank you. Mac, what do you got? Um, so I've got puck line to start out. I'm thinking avalanche puck line over Kings on Tuesday. Um, the Avs are rolling. It looks like, you know, their first game was a bit of a dud, but they kind of picked it up and the Kings are pretty much exactly as boring and lame as we all expected them to be so far. So, um, I don't know. They seem cursed also with that freaking post that they hit in that wild game the other day. Um, I like the Avs to win by two in that one. Um, money line guys, I'm going Big homer move here. Caps money line over Penguins uh, tomorrow, which is going to be hopefully the day you guys are listening to this. Um, we're talking Caps money line on Tuesday, uh, January 19th. And my reason being is uh, we played them to a tight game the other day. Um, we suck in Sunday afternoon games, honestly. Um, but Tuesday night feels right up our alley. Plus, we only lost by one shot in the shootout. That's what it came down to. Look for the Caps to bounce back and win that game on Tuesday. Um, and for over-under, I'm feeling a big over on Leafs-Oilers. Um, basically, I'm going to try to ride the Oilers over unless they're playing somebody that I like. just don't trust to also score goals or something. Um, the fact that the Oilers have such a concerning goaltending issue right now, I expect them to lot like, I don't know, Koskinen, he can't, he can't sustainably play every game and, and be letting in like one and two goals. Like he's, he's just going to give up a lot of goals, whether that's his fault or not. Um, and, you know, Leafs Oilers, as Harry mentioned, that's two offensive focused teams over, like Harry said, take them both Wednesday, Friday, make some money. Islanders won one, nothing. Just idiot out there. Uh, so I'm going to go ahead, Mac. I have the same puck line as you. I'm going to do the abs at the Kings on Tuesday. You nailed it. The abs are good. The Kings are not enough said, uh, my money line is going to be the flyers at the Bruins on Thursday. Same sort of thing. That's a team that's trending up and a team that's trending down right now. I love the way that the flyers have been playing. I have serious questions about the way that the Bruins have been playing. And then my over-under is going to be the Rangers and the Penguins over on Friday. I'm going to anticipate this one's going to be at six and a half, and I'm still going to take it. The way the games line up this week, I think that Jari and Shesterkin would be a net for their respective clubs. And honestly, neither goaltender has had a great start to this season. And to be honest, both defenses have some question marks. So I'm anticipating that the offense wakes up on both of those teams and 
Um, I think that could easily be a game that has eight goals between those two clubs in it. Uh, let's go ahead and jump into our first and fourth liner of the week. I'll go ahead and get it started. So my first liner is going to be Kirill the Thrill Kaprizov. Nothing like starting off your NHL career by having an overtime winner in your first game and setting up the overtime winner in your second game. Uh, we already touched on that, so um, kudos for Wild fans. You guys deserve something. Uh, my fourth liner is going to be Igor Sturkin. It's you know I know it's a little bit early to be criticizing you know a goaltender's play, especially the way that the defense is played in front of him. But he did get lit up a bunch, um, you know, in his in his play to start this year. And um, I think we were all expecting a little bit more about from him this year. And I think that can probably be said for a couple of goaltenders. But uh, those are going to be my two uh, to get us started. Mac, who do you have? So. Uh... As predicted from probably all of you, I'm going big Homer vibes once again on this one. My first and fourth liner are both members of the Washington Capitals. Uh, first liner is going to be top line Tom. Honestly, Tom Wilson, I think, has just been as good as we all want and need him to be um, in the first three games. I especially loved his play in that Penguins game. He was uh, the sole reason Ovi got that goal, doing exactly what he's supposed to, making a big hit in the Ozone creating space for Kuzi to make a pass and boom, you got a goal. That's exactly what we want to see. Um, fourth liner. And I'm going to be blunt about this. This is a little unfair. Um, kind of like Nick just said, giving it to a goalie who has only played two games, but Ilya Samsonov, I, I need to see a little more from him. I know he's coming off an injury. I know I'm being hard on the guy, but when you need a starting goalie and you don't have one it's just a little bit nerve-wracking as a fan and I feel like I um, I just need to see more granted he made some great stops in that Penguins game and I don't want to um, sell him short for that but uh, it's noticeable difference the puck handling is definitely an issue um, overall I'm just hoping that he kind of finds his game a little bit more over the next week I'm hoping it doesn't take too much longer for him to kind of get the get the hang of things and get going uh, for my first liner, I'm going to have Steven Stamkos. Uh, he's going to have to be good this year, especially with Kucherov out. And so far through the first couple of games, uh, he tallied two goals, both in very Stamkos fashion. Great wrist shots, good slap shot from the patented OV power play area. So he's looked good. That's good for the Lightning. So I'm going to have him as my first liner. And for my fourth liner, Evgeny Malkin has been rather uh, disappointing, for lack of a better term, through the first three games. No points at all. I think he was a my I think he's a minus three so far in the year. So uh, definitely going to need more out of Malkin. That second line of Zucker, Rust, and Malkin is definitely going to need to improve for the Penguins to have any chance of making the playoffs this season. Well said. Uh, we're going to go ahead and check out our market report. This tracks team trends. You know, we each give one or we each give two, <clears throat> one moving up, one moving down. Um, Harry, why don't you get us started? We'll go snake draft here. All right. Uh, snake. Yeah, it's, I think, yeah, I know what that is. Okay. <laughs> I had to think about it for a sec. So, trying to. If you were um, in our fantasy league. All right. You all right. Valid, I can't, valid I, point. I can't yeah. know. All right. Whatever. I can't get into fantasy hockey. I know that sounds weird, but like it's just, it's fantasy football is the only fantasy thing I'll do. Um, Predators trending up. Predators puck line is back. Uh, two wins over the Jackets in the first two games, both puck line covers. I didn't bet them. I'm still not betting them this week. But next week, if this trend continues, you can rest assured Predators puck line is back and there will be some type of T-shirt for that. So There will definitely be a T-shirt for that. 
Um, all, <laughs> all right, right Mac, all right. Um, who you got? Yeah, so for trending up, I've got the fly guys. I think as much as I hate to say it, this is a dangerous, dangerous hockey team. I am not looking forward to our first matchup against them. Um, they're good. They, they're, they've got a solid goalie. Carter Hart looks good. Their offense is firing on all cylinders. Defense hasn't seemed to be a big issue. I mean, again, this is all small sample size, but I like how the Flyers are playing so far. Um, trending down, I'm going to go ahead and give it to the Edmonton Oilers. And once again, this could be a little bit harsh. You know, I have to keep saying it. It's only a couple games in, small sample size. But I think goaltending is more than just a little bit of a hiccup for this team right now. I think, um, you know, it's not like Mike Smith is amazing or anything, but he's a, he's a veteran and, and losing somebody like that um, long term or however long it's going to be, um, I don't think – Koskinen is ready to face the blunt of all those games. I think that's going to be a huge issue for them. They've already um, not looked the best so far. I know Harry mentioned it before, but McDavid was held uh, pointless in two of their first three games. I know he obviously had a hat trick in that other one, but still, you know, you need more consistency out of him. Um, overall, I think Edmonton is in trouble right off the bat. That's, that's where I'm going to leave it at for now. Well said. Uh, my team trending up is going to be Montreal. I think they've proven to be a pesky thorn in the side of anyone they play against. You have guys like Josh Anderson who are dishing out hits and putting up goals at the same time. Uh, Nick Suzuki is destroying people's ankles and sending them face first into the boards. Uh, if you don't know what I'm talking about, just Google Nick Suzuki and you'll see what happened. Uh, this is a team that's deadly. And then you look at who their goaltender is and you realize, yeah, these guys could be the real deal. Uh, trending down, I would say the Bruins. In their first two games, they needed overtime and a shootout uh, against the Devils. That's definitely not a good look for a Bruins team. And certainly when you took, take a look at that East Division, you automatically assume that the Devils are going to be at the bottom of it. So you would expect a team like the Bruins to be a lot better than that so far. Yeah, fuck the snake draft. Um, we're going to go with the Blackhawks trending down because they're the Blackhawks, and I couldn't find a team. It's hard to base it off two or three games. It's tough. A lot of one-and-ones out there, so it's tar- hard to say. But 0-3, o- I'll say trending down for the Hawks. Um, live on air, say this. We just locked in some profits on Islanders versus Bruins. one nothing Islanders win. So, again, Bruins not playing great. They just got blanked. Uh, a lot of people get blanked by Barry Trotz. Uh, tonight. This is live. You're not going to be able to bet this, but boys, I'm feeling blues puck line over the sharks. I'm liking it. Who's in, who's in, I think that's a lock. I actually, huh? Who's in net for the blues. I'm not sure, but I also don't care. Okay. (laughs) Valid point. When I, I woke up this morning, as I often do, I love to look for like a real tasty parlay. Even if I'm not going to bet it, I just love looking at like what the odds would be for like a crazy like three or four you, team parlay. It's a, it's a little online shopping. There's nothing wrong with that. <laughs> exactly. I'm just, yeah. yeah. Uh, but uh, my first thought was, well, okay, what's the biggest lock out of all the games today? And I actually was thinking, I feel like there's no way the Blues lose to the Sharks. So what's the line on one? their uh, puck, puck line, line right now? Plus 170. Ooh, that's fat. But I kind of like the. I said on our season previews, I don't think the Sharks are going to be that bad. It's just – I don't think they're that bad. Yeah, we can't take them too lightly for sure. I don't think they're, like, that bad. I don't think they're going to be as bad as they were last year, but I don't necessarily think they're good at the same time, if that makes sense. Yeah, no, I feel that. Um, 
Alrighty, boys. Well, that kind of wraps it up for us for, for episode 59. Just want to say if you're new or even if you've been here a while, you know to check out our website, www.emptybetters.com. One-stop shop for merch, blogs, and most importantly, our new feature on the website this season is our bets and picks. We post them live right on the site. You can see them real time. Uh, you know, that's the best way to see what our picks are on top of obviously checking social media for our weekly picks that we dish out on the episode. But if there's something we're feeling that night that we didn't publish on the podcast, check the website, click on the bets tab. It'll be there for you to see. We've had a lot of fun with it so far. I think we're five and two collectively. So we're locking in some profits. Uh, got Connor McDavid to get a golden night plus plus one twenty. Uh, no big deal. And, it's like, it's yeah. pretty simple. Just like at 6 PM before the game starts, if you're, yep. you know, if you're on the East coast, Go and look there, and if there's stuff that we like for that night, it'll already be there. Yep. Yeah, I would say rarely – we're always posting that shit in, like, the afternoon. You're not going to get anything from us after 6 o'clock Eastern. So, um, all right, that'll do it for us. Thanks for listening. Appreciate the support. Go check out Brackish Life. Go check out the website. And without further ado, class dismissed. Sleeping with us.